Hello and welcome to episode 182 of Scene Invaders. I'm your host, Dan. Today we have Bill and Chone back with us. Guys, how are you doing? Dan, my brother, how are you? Good. Uh, we, got, we got an interesting show today. We got a, a lot to get into. But first, as always, please follow our social media pages, YouTube and Instagram being the most important two for now, or and Twitter. Uh, I apologize. And uh, find out about the merch drop. So the merch drop uh, is, is going to be on sale from December 10th to January 10th. We had a couple people get in pre-orders. That means they're going to have no shipping. Uh, if you still do it quickly this week, uh, I'll still be nice about it. So if you want to get an order in, scenevaders at gmail.com. Just email me and we'll chat or uh, DM me on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. Or if you know one of us, just text us and uh, we'll make sure you get it, get the shit you want. I want to thank our sponsor, Cruise Planners, also known as Dell's Travel Company. Uh, you'll hear a spot about them in the middle of the episode and at the end of the episode. So make sure you sit through that and uh, learn all about that. And uh, make sure you get your travel arrangements ready for once uh, once COVID is under control. It's look, looking like it's going to happen this spring, hopefully. Or even um, now, guys. I mean, you know, with all the safety, um, you know, protocols and everything like that, I mean, you know, still you know traveling by plane or you know even a something you know it's fine yeah we're almost but there wanna... we're almost out of the woods but we want to yeah. be careful of course i would say the more the more exciting part would when we're allowed to leave the country so hopefully yeah. that happens soon yeah uh, listen i mean i'm i'm planning a, a honeymoon right now so i'm going to look into it as well i'm getting married the end of next year so yeah. all that kind of stuff it's actually it's relevant guys you know what i mean it's definitely and it, there's so many things to plan whether you're wedding or you have a family and you have a lot of things going on that so to actually have someone just hook it up and know where you're going when you're going and oh, take dude, the clutch. guess guess workout yeah. is huge yeah i used it for my honeymoon and we went to europe and it was great like we didn't we, we didn't know where the hell we were but we just followed our fucking itinerary and that was that so um all right so let's get things started i want to kick things off and then we're going to go to chone um i need to talk to you guys about mr mercedes i've been recommended this for i don't know two years now uh by chuck and it didn't upset it was really good uh i'm midway through season two i'm gonna keep the spoilers to a minimum uh but i will say season one holy shit what a ride um this is on peacock it's free uh if you watch the ads so i know some people could be annoyed by that it doesn't really annoy me that much. It gives me a chance to look at my my phone or whatever when the ads are on. Uh, so I don't really care. But there's going to be a season three produced and made by Peacock. So Peacock picked this up, brought it over. You see this kind of thing happen all the time, um, especially in the in the world of streaming. And so many streaming options keep coming up and coming out that when one company gives up on one of their shows, another one will pick it up if it had a nice following. And Mr. Mercedes obviously had a nice following. Uh, I really, really enjoy it. Brendan Gleeson is the uh, star, uh, the father of Donald Gleeson. And wow, is he good in this show. He, so I'm not going to tell you much. I'll tell you this. He plays a retired, a retired detective, but he retired after not solving his biggest case of his career. So he just he was never able to catch the guy who murdered all these people two years ago. Uh, it's kind of like so, a little bit of a true detective kind of a vibe. Kind of. Yeah, kind of. Um, and then he starts getting evidence, he believes anyway. I mean, he's a major alcoholic, so you don't really know what to believe. And uh, I think Stephen King does a great job 
and keeping you guessing in the series. And I can't wait to see what they do with season three, because like I said, I'm midway through season two. I'm seeing what they're doing. It's very different than season one, but it's still the same story. Uh, but but people who love murder mysteries, you're going to go through season one faster than you can even realize. It, it's incredible. Uh, we went through it on, on Thanksgiving and the day after Thanksgiving. And it's one of those shows that you just can't stop. You got to keep going to find out what happened. Um, so highly, highly, highly suggest that three highlies and uh, get on that. It's on Peacock. Just download it. And you'll watch it for free. If you want to pay for premium, you can. But you don't have to. You can just watch the commercials and they're not that big of a deal. And nothing's edited like. Uh, you know, the language isn't edited out. Violence isn't edited out. They show everything, but there's just commercials. So as long as you can sit through those 20, 30 seconds, then go ahead. Yeah, Sasha was surprised about that, too, because it's owned by NBC. And she's like, oh, NBC is really doing this? And I'm like, yeah, but it's a streaming service. You can't you can't say, oh, it's so-and-so if it's a streaming service. Same with CBS All Access. You know, their, their serious stuff ha- has, you know, profanity, nudity, whatever. And mm-hmm. same thing with, with it. Like, look at Netflix. You could log on to Netflix if you're 10 years old, if you know your parents' password, and you can go watch, watch The Departed, you know, right now. So streaming services, I think, take away that, oh, it's R. Like, they don't care. They really don't care. Um, and it's, it's pretty cool. So, yeah, get on that. It's, it's mind-blowing, to be honest with you. Like, it's, 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 it's complete and utter, holy shit, I need to find out what happens next. And it's Stephen King, dude. I mean, his work speaks for himself, but there always seems to be something else that I didn't know about. And it's like, oh, he did this. Now, I've never heard. uh, Obviously, of course, this is a a book. So is this a is this a recent Stephen King book? I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, the only the only one I'm positive about that's recent was The Outsider, which I listened to that on, on audiobook. And then HBO made that a series like within two years of it being a book. And you know, the series was okay. The book was great. Uh, so I, you I, didn't I don't like know the Sean. It. Yeah, Sean. Actually, so it is. The series is based off of three Stephen King novels, uh, and Mr. Mercedes was the first one. The first one published in 2014. So yeah, it's actually so it's more, relatively new. Yeah, yeah relatively is, wow. relatively new. Um, I love the you know, Outsiders. I really did. The show. You, yeah, the show. The show. Did was you fantastic. listen or read the book? I did not. That's why I you love not. it because they leave <laughs> out some shit. I know I hate to sound like that guy. I fucking hate it oh, when people no. say shit like that. But sometimes they're right. You know what I mean? But it's true, and, though. It is true. It's very yeah. much true. Well, we'll we'll touch on that, something about that later in the show as well. So I got to guess on what that's about. It's a good tease. Uh, but um, I, I do, Dad, you did bring up a good point. Um, the barrier to entry with streaming now, I mean, we're all the same age, all on the unfortunate end of the 20s or being 30 already. And you know, when you we guys. I'm 21. Well, when we were, of course, yeah. And when we were younger, there was a barrier to entry to certain content. Ratings meant something. You didn't have everything at a fingertip click. You know, we had to go to Blockbuster. We had to go to a movie theater being dropped off by our parents or sneaking into Riverview RIP to see movies we weren't supposed to. But now, like you said, I mean, kids, 10-year-old kids can watch Breaking Bad. They can watch any kind of they watch the sopranos they can watch oz for christ's sake i mean well yes you are correct but now that we live in such a digital age and now that even we can even put firewalls on our cable boxes and you know if you have an xfinity account you can be able to parental control and i believe you can also kind of do that kind of on netflix as well 
in some, in some yeah, so but like it's I, a little bit hard. It, it's a little it, back in the day, our parent, you know, our parents, and I'm, you know, I'm sure your parents as well, Dan, didn't, you know, either didn't either know how to do it and just at the end of the day was like, oh, I don't, I don't care, just go. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, 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 yeah. yeah, Bill. Yeah, Bill. no, no. My my point being is more so. It's like there, no matter what, you can try to plug as many holes with that. If you're say a parent, someone concerned with that kind of you know access to content, you're right, Sean. You can block, but there's just so much out there. You can't block everything. And and I'm not concerned really whether what what kids watch or don't watch. I was just more so saying it is really interesting because it's almost like it's in a way maybe almost a good thing. I think it's raised the bar for what's got to be out there. If you have access to everything and anything new stuff that comes out has got to be worth watching, you know? And so I think it's, it's pretty interesting. There's a, a good and a, a bad side to that. So, you know, it's a, well, yeah, so, I mean, what you just said reminds me of, you know, sometimes good shit gets canceled quick. You know what I mean? Like, well, look what just ha happened with uh, utopia that was canceled after one season on, on Amazon prime. You know what I mean? And I thought that was really good, but uh, sometimes you, it, it just matters about the numbers you know they're not going to mm -hmm. wait for they're not going to wait for something to take off like like breaking bad did even seinfeld like that had horrible numbers uh in the first couple of years but nowadays with all these streaming options if you're not killing it off the bat sometimes you you gotta go somewhere else so i i am curious if utopia is going to end up somewhere else i feel like the story is big enough that it should go on and I'm kind of upset. I mean, Sean, how, how long ago was that? Like four months ago? And now it's canceled? At like, least. I don't even yeah. think even four months ago. I think that was at least three months ago. And this was originally developed uh, for a straight to series in 2014 by HBO. And then, oh. uh, yeah. And then, uh, you know, there was a little bit of a drama with it or something like that. Something with the, something with the fans or I don't know. And then, and then it landed on um, Amazon. But I mean, I think in a different setting, I think now it's a little bit too on the nose to have a pandemic show. You know what I mean? Yeah. And somebody <laughs> and some exec was like, who made this choice? Yeah. Johnson, get over here. I mean, before episodes, they even said, like, this is not about the coronavirus. Like they had, they oh, had yeah. like, warnings. oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And you know what I mean? And, and, and listen, guys, this is extremely impacting on all of us. Um, you know, if you say otherwise, no one believes you, but like, it just really is. And, and, you, you know, I, I could, I could definitely see somebody at Amazon, somebody, somebody exact going, oh, I don't know. You know what I mean? Especially in the kind of PC culture that we live in now, you know what I mean? You know, they get one complaint and they just kind of take it off. You know? Do you think, do you, do you think that was more of a reason why it got canceled rather than the numbers or the eyes? I mean, do you watch the show? I mean, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think. I mean, yeah. I don't know the numbers. You know how these fucking streaming services are, dude. They don't. They don't well, play again, watch. They don't. Yeah. You know, every now and then we'll get some stat like, "Oh, this was the most watched Netflix series ever." Like yeah. apparently, yeah. Queen's Gambit. Uh, I got some stats about that. I'll pull that up in a second. But like every now and then, you'll get some kind of, "Oh, this is killing it." But for the most part, you don't know, and mm. and I think they like it that way. So, I like to think that they don't yeah. really know because like they have some like old timey kind of like, you know, earthquake monitor thing. And like when a really good show happens, all of a sudden it just starts, it just starts going like, uh, the, yeah. the, Sean, you were referring to the Richter scale. Yeah. The Richter yeah. scale, man. I'm yeah. not a geologist. No. All right. Who the, 
Who do I look like? Stan that's Lawrence? a that's a shout out to University of Delaware freshman year geological hazards Monday, there Wednesday, Fridays, nine oh five a.m. No one cares. Shout out to the Stanford no girl one that cares. helped me out. We get through all those tests. Okay, so here's some numbers that they actually gave out. Uh, this was on Twitter. 62 million households chose to watch the Queen's Gambit in the first 28 days, making it the biggest scripted limited series to date. So that's only if something has one one season. So again, we're not finding out how this did against Stranger Things or, you know, the, the shows that are long running shows. Um, the series made top 10 in 92 countries and ranked one number one in 63 countries. The novel, The Queen's Gambit, has been out for 37 years. It finally made the, the New York Times bestseller wow. list uh, when this came out. And uh, Google searches for how to play chess have hit a nine-year peak. So, yeah, you see the impact that's of these cool. shows. And do either why... of you know how to play chess? Yeah. I do. Yeah, I do. You know, that's, that's cool, actually. I mean, that, Dan, that last part was really cool. Like, I mean, I, I saw the same up. stats you were talking about, the viewership stats, but the, the actual cultural impact. You have kids picking up chess. I, that's really cool. You know, yeah. I, I, don't, I have a bad thing to say about that. And it's something that you wouldn't realize. You know what I mean? But think about it. Like, if you're 15 years old and you're watching this show, you're probably going to be like, shit, I don't know how to play chess. And then you look it up. So, like, it makes sense. You know what I mean? And me and my buddies used to play chess against each other growing up. I don't, I have no idea why. <laughs> but we used to just, like, play chess. So I had two boards, one at my mom's, one at my dad's. So I'm, I'm okay. Uh, but, yeah, I, I've always found it fascinating. But now other people are looking into it. So it's great. What were you saying, Sean? I was going to say – you know that's awesome and you probably played chess back in the day because you know we didn't have the internet growing up so we had the internet chess whatever um but you know if if we really kind of think about it guys this may be really great uh timing for anna taylor joy the leading oh, queen scamet right God, because think, so about think, so about think about it think about it think about it think about it right so she was supposed to come out in the uh new mutants movie right that has been delayed I think around like five times. Oh, rather, it came right? out. Yeah. Yeah. It came out. Kind of. Came, kind of. Kind of. <laughs> with, I still haven't Kenneth. really seen it. But, yeah. Um, but, you know, this may be really great timing because, say, that movie came out and, you know, she was a success and she was good. But I think now people are going to watch this show and go, oh, who, who is this girl? She's fantastic. And then you're going to see, oh, she's in the new mutants. Oh, perfect. Awesome. And this yeah. may be a great that this show maybe may help new mutants in some sort of way. Yeah, you know? how, how, Sean, and put it the flip side of that. What happens if the first time you would saw Anna Taylor Joy to New Mutants, you're like, oh, that ch that chick, the movie sucks. That chick sucks, and yeah, like sucks, maybe right? Netflix doesn't doesn't give her that part. You know, mm -hmm. we don't know who sees and doesn't see these movies before they come out. But hypothetically, if that was our first introduction to her, that would have been, you know. It would have been very interesting to see but how I'll that would change her trajectory. You know, she doesn't. You're you're absolutely right, but she doesn't look like she's gonna. She she sucked in that movie, not at all. I, I'm just saying, you don't know. It's just it's it's an interesting point well, that like I kind of came off of yours. You know, she may yeah. have, dude. The the ratings are like thirty percent. So I mean, even if she was good, how good she, could she have been? You know, sometimes you're only as good as the subject matter you're given, mm -hmm. uh, and the script is against you. Like I I know plenty of great actors. Who, who've had bad performances it doesn't mean you're a bad actor um but yeah it's it's just means you're a bad person yeah and she's uh, dude i am a big big proponent of hers dude like mm. i think she is one of the next big stars and um i can't wait to see where her career goes 
one of my favorite performances that she was in was a, a smaller movie uh, that also had the co-star from Ready Player One in, uh, was it Artemis? Who's the female lead in Ready Player yeah, One? Yeah, Ar- Artemis, yeah. Artemis, yeah. So the, the, the woman who played, or the you know character who played Artemis, she was in this movie called Thoroughbreds, and it was her and Anya Taylor-Joy. And it's about them two trying to kill Anya Taylor-Joy's stepdad because he's like a piece of shit. And the movie's fucking mm-hmm. bonkers, dude. And uh, the kid who died from Star Trek, he's in it. It's one of his uh, last movies. Anton, Anton Yelton? Oh, uh, yeah. It's one of his last performances. And that movie is a friggin' it's gold, man. It's gold. Um, and it's something that you wouldn't even hear about. And you'll click through and say, oh, I know these people. Let me give it a shot. And you end up loving it. So I love when that kind of thing happens. And I went to see that when the movie pass was still around. And I got to experience a lot of things like that with the movie pass. So that's why I'm going to eventually go back to uh, paying for a uh, monthly fee to, to go to my theater. Because mm-hmm. I think that's a great deal if you go to the movies a lot. Uh, but yeah, we we stumbled upon a bunch of stuff that we loved that we may not have seen to this day still if we didn't have that experience. So uh, yeah, Anya Taylor Joy, I she her her future it knows no bounds, man. I, I have her in the same category, uh, the same trajectory as like Timothy Chalamet, where she'll just fucking crush it and crush it and crush it because she's just impressing me more and more. And the first time I saw her was uh, Split. That was the first time I ever saw her. And look at her now, man. She's just fucking killing it. So, kudos. Oh my to, god, uh, she isn't split. Yeah, she's the main. Oh, she's the main shit. character. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, she like, has darker. Well, she it. has dark hair. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So uh, kudos to uh, Shyamalan. Man. Kudos to Shyamalan for finding her. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. you got to You got to think how this stuff happens sometimes. Where you know, one director would be like, "Yeah, give her a shot," and then bam, 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 bam and they're in, they're in all these good movies straight down the line. So, uh, all right. Who wants to go next? Tony, you want to go? Yeah, sure. Um, unfortunately, you know, the one of the biggest things that I have, unfortunately, is um, is is very sad. Um, the physical actor who played Darth Vader, yeah, D- David Prowess, has died at the age of 85. Yeah, uh, David Charles Prowse. Prowess. Am I saying that right? Because I'm terrible at names, guys. Forgive it's me. It's either Prowess or Prose, so just go with Prowess. Prowess, yeah. Prowess. prowess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was an English bodybuilder, uh, weightlifter, and character actor for uh, many uh, British films and television. Uh, you know, obviously, he portrayed Darth Vader in the original Star Wars trilogy. Um, and he also uh, did a uh, documentary in 2015 called I Am Your Father. Um, I haven't, I haven't seen it but I definitely oh, want to be cool. able to see it. And it's sad. And it's sad. It's, it's very sad. You know, he was, uh, he was a giant of a man. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Star Wars fans around the world will definitely, you know, be a great question for him. That I don't know the answer to. Was that him in, uh, what is it? Return of the Jedi? When they show Darth Vader's face all fucked up. Was that him? Or is it somebody else? You know, that's a that's a great question. I do not have the answer because I know it was you. him like when it when, when he's walking around and, you know, choking, choking his admirals, choking them out like the uh-huh. big hulking figure walking around was him because he was a big ass dude and he looked great in that suit. So the writer of uh, George Lucas and co said that he was the reason that Darth Vader jumped out of the page because you needed a hulking figure like that. And, you know, 
there's characters like that today, like your boy, uh, Chone, that you met at the Comic-Cons, who does all the makeup work. Uh, Joey. Peter, um, Joey, he was, he, he played Chewbacca. Yeah, uh, no, I'm, I'm talking about the other guy who's, who's around now. And he was in Pan's Labyrinth. He was in... Oh, Doug Jones. Doug Jones, yeah. So, like, these kind of actors, they don't get the spotlight a lot. But they're, like, hugely in- implemental in why the character works so well. And, you know, like Andy Serkis, all the fucking motion capture things he's done. Um, a lot of times, these characters go unnoticed, but without them you know you don't have as good of a performance even going as far as to uh james gunn's cousin sean gunn who walks around on set for hours on end being rocket but you know we only hear that bradley cooper is the voice of rocket but he has to walk around like a raccoon for hours on end with mocap shit all over his body um sean gunn and he he's also a ravager so he gets spotlight in the movie but a lot of times these kind of actors don't get their due and and he has it, to also as well interact with the actors as well you know yeah he has to and do everything he has to do everything, everything. i've talk. met that guy before sean and we have oh i have oh yeah guy. mother motherfucking great guy very cool yeah. guy yeah very cool guy um yeah i mean i've never like i never met a sean that spelled his name right that i didn't like you know so he spells it like yours spells it like mine s-e-a-n the gaelic way okay. the correct way so now to answer your question, who the actor was who played the unmasked Darth Vader is actually Sebastian Shaw. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it wasn't this guy. He was, it was not him. Figure. No, no okay. it was not him. So now, so even for, more so, dude, no, like that makes my point even more so. Like when we finally see his fucking face, he doesn't get the limelight. So, you know, you, we got to appreciate these guys because they, they are hugely important in the movie making process. And I think we've gotten better with recognizing this. And, you know, me saying, oh, it's not just Bradley Cooper. You know, Bradley Cooper, I love him, but he just drives to the studio and does the voice. You know what I mean? He's not in it for the long run, walking around set like a raccoon. So you got to give these guys appreciation. I think David Prowlis is one of the first people to, to like, the grandfather of this kind of an actor. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, like, it's like, you know, we, ha- we give a lot of appreciation to, you know, and duly so to Frank Oz, puppeteering work in Star Wars always gets its due. Uh, Lucas mm-hmm. Lucasfilm always gets its due. Sound Skywalker sound always gets its due. Certain actors, like you know, you were talking about Peter Mayhew, like with mm-hmm. you know Chewbacca. So uh, you know, it's sad that sometimes it does take someone's passing for us to go back and maybe see what else you know there other they did. Like, like I didn't, Sean, I was unaware of the documentary as well. Uh, so mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to give it a watch now. But and, you know, and there's something also too sad. Um, you know, not, not only just because of its passing, but, you know, there's something sad about these big, huge, hulking human beings that are out there. You know what I mean? Like Peter, like Peter Mayhew, for example, I had the pleasure of, uh, of, of working with him at a, a comic book convention here in Philadelphia. Um, and him and his wife were very, very nice. He was a very soft spoken man, but he was always sitting down because he couldn't get up. He was even, he even had a little bit of like a wheelchair kind of a thing because, you know, it takes a toll on these guys to be this huge, you know, and this Mm -hmm. big, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and to give you an example of, of how big Mr. Mayhew was when he shook my hand, guys, his hand, I'm not kidding with you. His hand was about this big. Jeez. 
<laughs> this long. I, I, I don't even know if my hands are big enough to even replicate how big his hand is. Sean's trying to show a, two hands right now for the listeners. Well, yeah, well, yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah, two hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both of my hands put together, and I have, you know, pretty much kind of small hands, maybe 7.5, 7.2 hands, you know, with large. <laughs> what the fuck, large dude? Gloves. Are you sure? Are you, what? Yeah, well, that's, that's hand sizes, guys. You guys don't know your hand sizes? Come on, guys. Get it I, I, I was a famous hand model. <laughs> we don't have to bring that up. Okay. We don't have to bring it up. They still haven't paid me. All right. Oh, um, boy. But, I mean, it's true, though. You know what I mean? It's it just these guys that, you know, walk around as, you know, I mean, Andre the Giant. You know what I mean? He had to drink a whole entire case just to go to sleep. Case of wine. Yeah, that's know, it's wild. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark Hamill also uh, eulogized um, uh, David as well on social media, which was super nice. I know Billy, he's your boy. Um, has he has he has he got back to you yet? Uh, so for the listeners who aren't aware, uh, I've had a well, I say ever never ending. I have a little bit of patience. It's probably only been about two months. I've been tweeting at Mark Hamill pretty consistently. Uh, I know he was very busy with the election. So maybe now that all that's over, he has some time. See, the problem is, guys, is that I'm a 30 year old guy. Really no major issues, problems, stresses. It's always like the guys who have like sick kids, you know, uh, someone's dying. Like I'm, I got no shot. You know, I need, I might need to get run over or something. I might need a blood disorder. I really, I might need to start like antagonizing. I don't really know any, if the listeners have any, you know, comments or suggestions or maybe want to barrage him with some tweets. I'm not saying to do that, but I'm not saying not to. I'm at hashtag Billy underscore blinks. Well, you just want them to respond once, right? That's your goal. dude. Just once, and, and honestly, Mark, if you're listening, um, I just don't be patronizing, man. You know, like it's cool. I know it's kind of a joke. It really is, but at this point, you know, I am persistent. So, um, again, you know, I'm not saying not to tweet at him. Bill, you sound like you're writing a manifesto about him or something. I don't know. You sound no, like no, no, worrying, no. You know? No, we're no Sean. You know the next manifesto is coming on I our. I hear you. Uh, I'm just you saying, Mister. The Lex. Well, we're talking about our, our my Luther two and a half men connection that I'm just teasing right now, but that's the great manifesto coming soon to a scene invaders podcast near you. Oh, you're gonna do that? Oh, it's coming, boys. Oh, I can't wait. I've heard about this. Uh, let's give from the, you. Yes, yeah. let's give the let's give the, the the audience a little bit of a tease, shall we? What what they're talking about just so just so they're not lost in the sauce uh, um i don't i mean you were you you were there the day that the manifesto i was kind of verbally doing this manifesto over game i mean why don't you give them the quick one sentence imdbts because i'm gonna save my thoughts. sure sure just pass it off just pass your work off yeah exactly yeah. so yeah mr so mr, mr. hype man i hear it mr blanks over here um, has put together, you know, one would call it a little bit of a conspiracy theory, a little bit of a, you know, DC universe, multiverse conspiracy theory um, that essentially highlights that John Cryer, who originally uh, played Lenny Luther in Superman for the quest for peace. Um, and guys, don't worry. If you haven't seen it, just do yourself a favor. Don't um, just don't. And, you know, I like, honest to God, I'd rather watch Superman three 
with Richard Pryor when Superman is just sitting at the bar throwing peanuts at the uh, at the bottles, all drunk and stuff. That's even a better movie. Uh, but so let so John Cryer starred in Superman four, but also John Cryer also is Lex Luthor in the Supergirl Arrow TV show, and Billy Billy has connected a few dots and and we're gonna elaborate on it in a in a future segment, but uh, yeah he's uh yeah he has a board. At his house, he has a bunch of like red string connected together. He's really laid out a lot of things. It's going to be super exciting, guys. So saying it's the same character, right? Well, well he's the same person. Oh, he's same the same person. person. Oh, he is one in the same, my friends. He is one in the same. Okay. Love it. So are you it's do coming a soon. Podcast for that or a, a video for that? I I don't know, man. I don't know if it's going to be a verbal manifesto. If I'm going to do it on like a this is sus, it might be a this is sus. Um, yeah. But you know, okay. it will um, it'll come out. Yeah. So right. stay we'll tuned. Find out. We'll find out eventually. Uh, all right. Uh, who's up, Bill? Bill, you're up. Yeah. Uh, so as far as what I'm watching, I'm going to run through a few things. I mentioned Dan right before the podcast, and I, I, this is as quick as I'll get into it. I have my weekly Ted Lasso update. Uh, I've still held strong. I, you know, I made sure I hadn't finished it. But actually, this morning, Emily and I were like, you know what, we're on episode eight. Let's just finish the thing. Uh, we get to the end and we're like, oh, man, you know, it was fun. You know, we're, we're sad. Don't be sad because it's over. Happy because it happened. Okay. But then we realized there's actually 10 episodes of the first season of Ted Lasso. There's more episodes, guys. So it's not over. It's oh, awesome. Good. This is great. Like, I was, like, ready to come over and have taps playing at the beginning of the episode. And yeah, God when bless. When the finale, you'll know because they do uh, certain things. God but, uh, bless. At this point, dude, at this point. We've gotten a nice handful of people to watch Ted Lasso and pretty much, no, not pretty much. Everybody has agreed that it is, you know, visual, uh, what do I call it? Visual antidepressant. It's, it makes you happy. It makes you laugh. It makes you just forget about your problems. So at this point, the first person that we get to watch the show that says, oh, fuck, that's stupid. This is a cult now. This is a Ted Lasso cult now. We're this is Diamond with, Dogs. Yeah, we're going to go and dip on them. Yeah, the, the Diamond Dogs, the the and. Cenovator Diamond Dogs like will be our, our own branch of the Diamond Dogs, and we're going to go dip on this person, okay? At this point, no one's allowed to talk bad about Ted Lasso because it is, it is holy in terms of podcast lore. Even Jason Sudeikis himself agrees with us. All right, yeah. and we have the and we have the evidence, if you don't believe us. We guys. have the Twitter proof. So um, I, I did – I knocked out – Two big things this week, and then I can just give you quick touches on others. But um, I did finish Defending Jacob on Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, for those of you that are unaware, that is a limited series on Apple TV+, Plus, starring Captain America, your boy, our boy, everyone's boy, Chris Evans, uh, also Michelle Dockery, Jaden Martell, and also big bo- a big fan of the podcast here, J.K. Simmons is also on it. Uh, For those of you who don't really know what the show is about, Defending Jacob, it tells the story of a family dealing with the accusation that their 14-year-old son may be a murderer. Now, obviously, murder, trial, mystery isn't anything new. I think just what was kind of interesting was kind of the emphasis on what happens if it's your kid. You know, do you unconditionally believe them? If the evidence starts to mount 
that you may not know your child as well as you think, or that the physical criminal evidence is pointing in their way. Where does the line draw between unconditional love and loyalty and maybe the truth or what the truth that's being possibly presented to you. So I think really think that Chris Evans and um, like I said, Michelle Dockery, they play the main two characters, the husband and wife. I really thought they were great. Like I said, guys, a limited series on Apple TV plus I know Dan, you've watched it, but I would give it, I, I think just for the performances and seeing Chris Evans and something different and showing his range, you know, he's been in a lot of great things. It reminds me of him, you know, maybe like Snowpiercer, another great mm-hmm. performance. Um, but I, I really like that. Scott that Pilgrim I, versus the world. Really, oh, really, yeah. yeah. But um, really recommend it. Another Apple TV Plus win yeah, for they're, me. They're killing it, dude. They really are. Um, you, there's just so many. You could you could get Apple Plus, and then you're set for like five to ten series, depending on what you're into. Um, now, have you done Mythic Quest yet? It is literally the next one on the queue. Once we finish the last two Ted Lassos, it is then going to be Mythic Quest. So okay, probably now. within the next two, three episodes, I'll have you through that. So that's Rob McElhenney from uh, yep. Always Sunny Philadelphia fame. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have uh, a couple characters from that show pop up. Uh, the the priest, he's in it. He's a full-timer in it. Oh, um, great. Kermit, is that his name? Kermit the priest in Always Sunny? I forget. Cricket. Oh, Cricket. 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 Oh, he's oh, had many, he's worn many faces, Cricket, before he was a ordained yeah. minister. But, you know, Kermit's from Mr. Mercedes. I won't say anything. <laughs> uh, it's uh, oh, my God. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, Apple TV Plus, dude, it's one of the wins of 2020. It really is, man. It's given me hours and hours and hours of entertainment. And uh, I appreciate it. And I can't wait for uh, Servant. Servant comes back in January. So, January. Yep. There's a lot and... of things to look forward to. Kick your vacation planning into high gear. From exotic destinations like Asia and the South Pacific to Europe, Alaska, and tropical beaches around the world, cruise planners will help you find the perfect vacation spot so you can let loose and be you. Contact Steve Del Carlino from Cruise Planners by calling 610-368-0908 or at dellstravelcompany.com for the best vacations at the best value. So my other main thing, and I have been talking about this on Twitter, and I've promised everyone that I would get this done in time for this episode, but I did finish the sequel to Ready Player One, the novelization sequel that released this past Tuesday, Ready Player Two by Ernest Cline, uh, the same author, obviously, as the first one. Uh, yeah. Many of you, many of you know the this property from the Steven Spielberg directed film. I really don't want to get into it, guys, but I I hate that movie. It is oh, me a, too, bro. It's I'm a pure 100%. bastardization of the film. I mean, of the book. It it's yeah. You know, obviously, listen, the film's never going to be the same as the book. But they changed you know, everything. They're, you know, they're going 100%. after. They're going after the whole idea was they're going after keys and gates, and they changed the locations where these keys and gates are, and what you have to do. They to cut the numbers do. down. It it, it just. Uh, you know, again, I, I can save that for another day, too. But oh, really, thing. yeah, let me see one thing and see if you agree with me here. One of the biggest bastardizations of this book that I believe was a, a huge it was a heart of the book. Like uh, we have to go back and pull some audio from when I was reviewing the movie. Brian was on 
And Brian and Bill, the other co-hosts of the time, had never seen me more upset leaving a theater. Like, I, it was like, I, it was like uh, a family member told me they never wanted to talk to me again. Like, I was so upset leaving this theater. Uh, one of the biggest bastardizations of this book. Uh, now, remind me, the, the female lead is Artemis. The male lead is who? Uh, per- Parzival. Wade Parzival, Watts. Yes. Parzival and Artemis. Okay. Wade Watts. Now, Chone, uh, have you seen the, the movie? I have seen the movie and have, have just like all I have not read the book. No, okay. does it have pictures? No, it's great. Oh, listen well, to then, the read the, read the book. Like read the book. If you need something like that, listen to the audiobook. It is fucking amazing. It is in my top five books of all time. Uh, okay, here's the biggest here's the biggest issue I had. In the book, Parzival and Artemis, they do not meet in person until the end. Until mm-hmm. everything is over with. So they do all these things for each other without knowing what the, what each other look like. There is no like lust factor. They fall in love and they become friends and they do all this. And that is a huge part of the book. Like she actually doesn't want him to see her face because she thinks it's all mangled from an accident she had. Uh, that's a huge part of it. In the movie, they meet in like 20 minutes, if that. And they work together the whole time. And that's one of the biggest issues I had with the book because that was a, or with the movie because that was a huge part of why they kept working together without even really meeting each other. And it really pissed me off. Did that get to you, Bill? You definitely took away the, their characterization. A big part of them at the end revealing themselves was them growing throughout the yes, journey, becoming exactly. com- becoming confident in themselves, falling in love with each other. I mean, obviously everyone knows that an artificial world that you're probably not who you're representing. I mean, H, the best friend of Wade Watts yes. is the best example. H is a male avatar all throughout the book. Uh, like I said, there you go. If you're seeing the video right now, uh, awesome, awesome. I'll put look. this on YouTube. I'll put this one. Uh, but it's actually a a black girl in, in real life, in reality. But she, you know, it shows that you know societal norms, even in this dystopian future, there's a lot of things there where you're not feeling confident in yourself. But through the journey they went through, they kind of crossed over those kind of bounds. And by the time at the end, when they all meet each other, it's a beautiful moment because none of them care. You know, yes, none of them exactly. care. And yes. a lot of them were all hiding their appearances in this thing. And, you know, Artemis is beautiful. And Artemis is basically herself in the Oasis as she's in real life, but she has a big birthmark on her face, you know? And it really, it definitely hits home with nerds and people that really, that maybe don't feel belonging. They find belonging in, in some kind of fantasy world or series or whatever your favorite you know, video game, TV show, whatever your favorite piece of work is. And it, it, the confidence, like I said, Dad, like I, said, I didn't want to focus too much, but I agree. I, I think that's a big part that was robbed a lot of the soul of it, besides also just changing up a lot of the plot points. Everything. Which... <laughs> yeah, the soul um, and everything else was ripped out. But uh, I, I'm yeah, not going to go with this. I'm not going to go really into spoilers, guys. A big fun part of this for me was I really didn't know what the hell the book was going to be about. I was actually really skeptical. I'm like, how the hell are they going to do this again? How is it going to be fun? Because if again, this is you know, the spoilers for the end of the book, but Wade Watts finds the Easter egg. He completes the journey. He becomes an owner, part owner with his friends of the Oasis. He is no longer the underdog. He is basically became who he was fighting against, you know, but except, yeah. you know, much more, you know, a much more nice guy and not evil. However, um, all I'll kind of tease about this book is there is another technology in the Oasis that is discovered. There's another journey for Parzival to, and his friends to go on. But 
what changes when you're no longer the underdog? What happens when you have unfettered power and you have this idea of that you are, you know, best. Um, and obviously guys, there's amazing, amazing nods. You're going to love some of the shit that comes across pop culture. I'll make some teases here. These aren't spoilers, but you know, you have things back to references to John Hughes again, uh, a lot of Tolkien stuff, guys, Lord of the Rings type things. A lot of stuff with music. Speaking of music, do yourselves a favor. Go on Spotify right now. There's actually an album slash playlist that features a lot of basically all of the songs that are referenced and mentioned in the book are on Spotify right now. And I would be remiss if I don't mention again, the audiobook experience is narrated by Will Wheaton of Star Wars, Star Trek fame, uh, Big Bang Theory, things like that. People may know either that way. And God, up, Wesley. you know, and goddamn, if he doesn't really put some real heart and a lot of just unfettered enthusiasm, it really just sounds like the guy's reading the book and is just excited at what the hell he's reading. Like he's reading it for the first yeah. time and just so geeking out on every sentence and to love letter to geeks. Is it as good as the first one? How the hell do you beat the first one? It was so original and so great, but I'm going to tell you, it was way better than I thought it was going to be. I highly, okay. anyone, anyone that read the first one, you have to read the second one. And um, I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts, please. Like on Twitter, uh, our Facebook is back up and running actively guys, please share your thoughts, comments, uh, any other recommendations. If you know that we love that book, you know, it's right now there's a little bit more time. I'd love to, to get into something great, another a book similar or a series. So any recommendations that way, guys, besides just TV shows and movies, uh, all ears. But I, I loved it, guys. Now, Bill, do you have the trade paperback of the book, of the original book? Uh, I, I have both. Yeah, I have one and two. Uh, so I can definitely pass it along. The Steve yeah, Invaders book club here. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> because, you know, I got to tell you guys, when I've see, uh, seen the movie, and I think I've seen the movie in theaters. I wasn't really impressed with it. I know you were at all. And that wait, oh, wait, also, Sean, let's real quick, guys. Let's give a quick and Sean, you can, and now you can come and drive and come pick up the book. Uh, podcast oh, yeah. listeners, big congratulations to Chone. He is now a licensed driver in the state of Pennsylvania. This Yay. is big. This is big. We're, this is big. All it's, I need, all I need is an automobile to actually drive. <laughs> um, and then I'll, and then I'll be good, but maybe I could GT five it somehow big victory though honestly very big we're, we're victory so, we're guys. psyched for it. very big victory guys listen um it's very liberating you know i mean it, it took me it took me 16 years to be able to do this and guys do you know how many how many times i tried to do this hmm. once <laughs> he's a city boy once. guys he's a city boy guys i'm a city know. boy guys hey listen you know i'm the guy that shows up to a, i'm the guy that shows up to a job interview 40 minutes away and i uber it you know what i mean oh so you know so you know i pick up dates and you know my little scooter all right well um, I'll tell you what i but, can't wait to read the book yeah i can't yeah. wait yeah. um chum were you gonna add anything man i was just gonna do a couple news things um on the on the ready player one yeah no not, not really like i said i wasn't really that big of a um, fan of just even the the movie it kind of like lost me but i think a big read the book reason, it'll get you involved it'll get and you i think that and i think that's seriously. one of the biggest reasons why is that i didn't actually read the book and read, yeah, and read so it. good dude you brian know? brian and i who was on a couple weeks ago we were both so excited for this movie that we had both already gone through the audiobook we both went through the audiobook again on like one and a half speed within within two days before we were going to the movies and we went to the movie and we were like 
10 minutes in, not, not even good five men. minutes, in, five minutes in, he turned to me and goes, what the hell is this? Because they, he could already tell that they already, they had changed a lot. And it just continues and continues. And, you know, Ooh. people that don't have knowledge of the book, they, they, you know, some people thought the movie was fine, but anyone who's read the book, like, oh, that movie is a disgrace, dude. And, and it who, just, it's who just read the, the audio book. Well, we who read well, we, yeah, he did a great job in the first he, one as well. The first one. Okay. Yeah. He yeah. did both. Yeah. yeah. He did a great job in that as well. Well, so, it's good I mean, he's getting work. Yeah, it is. Yeah, he's not hurting for for residuals. I think he's all right. Oh, I think he's doing. Oh well. no, man! Will Wheaton's the Will Wheaton has that comic book uh, convention circuit money, sci-fi circuit money, baby. Yeah, I mean, hell, I mean, he's he's doing the uh, he's doing the CBS All Access uh, after Trek things for Star Trek Discovery and all that stuff. So I mean, yeah, he's not hurting for he's not hurting for a paycheck. He's chilling. Uh, all right, let's move on to the, to the news. There was something mm-hmm. last week we didn't get to that I really wanted to talk to. Uh, to talk about uh, all right so as fans of the show know uh, i i may not talk about it much but i still like the walking dead uh, so i'm gonna bring bill in and tell you what walking dead's doing for uh like i don't know what to call it like a special ending of season 10 uh where they're gonna do uh solo character centric episodes to have just like extra episodes in before we get the finale uh the final season uh, that we're going to be, be getting in two splits. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Bill, why don't you talk about this, um, you know, what they're doing and how Patrick, uh, Robert Patrick is joining the cast. Uh, so what The Walking Dead is doing, for anyone that is unaware, they have announced that next season, season 11, will be the end of the Mother series. Now, not the end of the overarching franchise. There's a plenty of other side series and movies that are in development. Um, but what they're doing is they're going to be doing six standalone episodes to round out season 10. So technically these will fall under the season 10 umbrella, uh, which will then be followed by a massive 24 episode season 11. So there are 30 episodes left in the mother series. There are going to be six episodes focused on single characters. Um, So far we know about there being something involving Maggie, um, I think there is going to be something, if I'm correct, about Father Gabriel. And we definitely know that we are in the finale episode has been confirmed to be a Negan-centric episode focusing on his past relationship for the Saviors. Um, and he will have Lucille, his wife, and made famous by his spiked bat, will be appearing in the standalone episode as his you know wife and actually in real life the casting is his actual wife yeah so that's smart yeah. that's gonna be really 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 cool so I, i'm honestly really looking forward to it it's really almost like going to be a nice breath of fresh air really some good characterization to bring us up to speed you know we've been with a lot of these characters i mean now at this point at 10 seasons you know even characters that been you know came in season three four five we've been we've spent five six seven real life years with these people and yeah it's gonna be really interesting to see just them being fleshed out just even that little bit more um dan of the ones at least proposed and then we'll obviously get to the news of the actor we're talking about which one are you most excited for so you didn't mention this one here but mine's abraham i heard that was one of them Yes. Uh, now yep. he's still involved with the show. He directs episodes. Uh, he's directing uh, the spinoff series. But, you know, as a ginger uh, with my physique, I feel like I could easily pull him off at Comic-Con. 
Um, so like I always wanted to be him, just grow a little beard, cut it into him, and boom, put on put on a you know what a weathered tank top and some dirt, and I'm set. So I've always wanted to do that, but I've never been able to go, uh, you know, especially now. But I want us three to go, and I'm gonna dress up as him. And uh, yeah, I, I've always liked him a lot, and I, I think his introduction to the series, uh, and you know, added with his exit from the series. Outside of Glenn, no one else had a bigger intro send off. You know, they they did die at the same time, uh, but still, his, his he made an impact on the show, and he loved the show so much that he wanted to stick around and, and direct. And uh, so yeah, I'm really excited to see what they're going to do with him. Uh, I have no idea. Maybe before he met up with Eugene, you know, they had that one episode years ago showing him roaming around. He almost killed himself, and then he, he found Eugene. So maybe it'll be that. Maybe it'll be the time right before that. I don't know. But uh, I think this is great, and I think it's a perfect uh, send-off to these characters because the show's ending. You know what I mean? So Yeah, yeah. so what the, the news that we're kind of teasing at the beginning here, guys. So Robert Patrick... The T-1000 himself from Terminator 2 Judgment Day has been cast in one of these standalone episodes, uh, Dan. He actually will be in the Father Gabriel episode. So okay. it looks like they will be playing off one another. Really, really looking forward to that. I think that they're going to play off each other very well. Um, and like okay. I said, I'm... Walking Dead for as long as it's been going, I I love it still. The new extended standalone yeah. series, which just had its finale, is phenomenal. I definitely want to do a watch through of that with you at some point over this year. I think it'll be some good content, even if we just do like a series thoughts after the sure. over you yeah. going through it. But I, you know, Walking Dead, there are there more than anything people may not think they are, but I think they're very self aware. I think they understand that there may be a relative fatigue with this cast or that storyline. Obviously, the comic books unexpectedly, unlike Game of Thrones, found a ending. They mm -hmm. landed the ship in writing. Robert Kirkman dropped that issue bomb on us and said, guys, this is it. That was so surprising, and dude, because I still follow the news. I'm not caught up. I'm close. Uh, I haven't gone forward in a while, but I got past the Whisper War. So yeah. I'm not that I'm not that far away from the ending. I know there's a couple other things that I gotta got basically the Commonwealth, basically. Yeah, the is, Commonwealth. Yeah, that's yeah. what. Um, and I'm wondering if we're gonna get them in the final season of mm -hmm, the show, mm -hmm. which I think we are with uh, the helicopter and everything. But um, but yeah, I don't have much to get to. But I love the comics, dude. They they've been they've been great throughout, in my opinion. And um, and they've they've pretty much been able to keep it. Uh, I don't want to say uh, like the, it's never been boring. You know what I mean? And the show has been at points, to be fair. Um, but but I think they've rebounded strongly and I hope they finish strong. And it's going to be sad, dude. I mean, it's 11 years of my life. I've never missed an episode every Sunday. If I miss it on Sunday, I watch it like by Wednesday. So, you know, I've been live with this show since I was 19 years old. That's that says something. And um, yeah, I'm going to miss it. Yeah. Agreed. So, now, I have um, a two parter question for both of you. Do you think <clears throat> that the fans that have felt that have fallen off of the show? You know, like myself, I think I fell off maybe like season five or something like that. Do you think them ending it on season 11 will kind of ignite that flame again um, for them? Like a return fans rate? Like myself, like a return, return rate? rate? Correct. I'll, yeah. I'd say like 30% return rate. 30%. Because there's some people that are just out. Like 
some people I bring it up and they're like, you still watch that show? And I'm like, yeah, like it yeah. gets better. Like, shut up. Mm-hmm. Like, stop judging me. Uh, but then there's, you know, the shows like fucking Supernatural that have gone on for 15 plus years. Uh, Grey's Anatomies. They're, like, there's they're shows that that last too long. And it's just a fact. They last You're too absolutely long. right. You're and absolutely I think, right. And I think Walking Supernatural Dead is a great, a great yeah. example as well. I've never watched yeah. Supernatural. I, and I think yeah. Walking Dead has that problem, dude. They, they, they went on too long. And they, they, Bill can back me up here. They took the, the, the war with Negan. And they stretched out about five to ten issues into two seasons. And it's just, there's too much filler. Way too much filler. And if they, they would have just stuck to the comics and did, all right, let's do this, and then we'll do this, and then we'll do this, it would have been fucking jaw-dropping up, jaw-drop, draw-drop, wow, that's hard to say. Jaw-dropping action. That's hard. Say that a couple times in a row. Like, jaw-dropping action. And it would have been done by now. They would have had eight seasons. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But they, they stretched it out, and they, they added a lot of filler. They did the same thing with the prison and the governor. And listen, yeah. The Walking Dead falls into the same kind of trap that, say, people who fell off of – and this is a much shorter running show, but just say a show like Lost. People thought Lost was about the mysteries, about the answers. People, you know, people I think they had a big time. When I go to people, they say, you still watch The Walking Dead? I'm like, yeah, they're like, oh, did they find a cure yet? Oh, it's, yeah. it's it's not about that it, People it's about that. it's about the characters it's about what would human beings do in these crazy world to live in and honestly i would think people would maybe now have a little bit more sympathy and maybe appreciate the walking dead a little bit more in the world we live in now we do live it's not zombies walking around but we're not living in a world that's normal or doing what we want to be able to do and just that little bit of lack of freedom and liberties we have right now people are freaking losing their shit man i I mean you know imagine like again i'll just try to put yourself in there it's a fun thought experiment like there's really zombies or something that bad how the you know it's not always going to be about getting from war to war to war some of it is going to be able to like getting through the interpersonal relationships figuring out how the hell you're staying protected how are you eating what do you do when a loved one is sick or gets bit these are things that like i think that's the strongest part of the walking dead and if you've stuck with it god damn it when one of these big events do happen now you're gutted i mean you're yeah. fucking you're sick about it man like you 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 know and if you're a comic guy like yo danny myself are you have some idea where some of them are going but what's awesome about the show is kirkman's let them and encouraged them to go and change things that he thought he might have fucked up he's openly said man i shouldn't have cut rick's hand off in the comics so early uh-huh. it was stupid like why did i do that to myself you know it, they never did it in the, in, in the show they, there's different things that different people have died and killed and it's end up being more fun in some ways in the show than the comic might be the only property i can think of and guys i'd love to hear if you think something different but worse i think the show is better than the comic it is and kirkman and kirkman but i think the thing is kirkman wants it to be better like he's so gung-ho in with those guys he would love nothing better than for that fucking show to be the thing to be known for the show. And he's fine with that. That guy's made a shedder. He's not Rob Liefeld and he is not George R.R. motherfucking Martin. I, you know, he definitely dicks or dicked around with those guys. And listen, Benny Hoff and Weiss were not perfect by any means, but he didn't help those guys at all. He didn't want them to be more successful than him. That's another guy whose pride comes before the fall and who's never going to finish one of those goddamn books. But I, like I said, I just really like, that the support and the different relationship that the walking dead and Kirkman and the show and the books have together. And I, that's why I continue to also partly support that franchise is just 
you know, they've had a million showrunners coming in and out, but they always, there is still part of a symbiotic stars leave and come back. No one ever leaves the walking dead unless you're Frank Darabont and has a bad thing to say about the walking dead experience. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, it's a family. It's, it's definitely a family. And you, you see how much these characters care for each other. So uh, I'm happy that Bill joined the team and he can be there with me for the final season. I, you know, I watch every episode with my father-in-law. He still watches. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be fun to send these characters off in, a, uh, in, in the way they deserve. Because I don't cover it on the show as much as I should because just people don't care about it as much. But I think the, uh, it is coming back. And I think we should do uh, a YouTube, like not live. Yeah, kind of like a live reaction of each show, like 10 minutes. And just recap each show and um, give it the proper send off that it deserves. So I'm happy that we're getting these side uh, episodes and then as well as uh, the final season. Sharon, what's up? Now you mentioned that you want to go to Comic-Con and cosplay as Abraham. Uh, Abraham. So who would you, who would you, uh, and you want us to come, who would you think I would be and Bill would be? Oh, is this Walking, Walking Dead, Dead specific? Walking Dead yeah. Jones, Carl. Jones, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> Carl. Carl's cool, Carl. dude. Carl's cool. Yeah. <laughs> he was the I old guy, right? No, he's Wait, who would I be, actually? I'm actually having Oh, trouble. Carl, yeah. Oh, I'd yeah. be the kid. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Bill, I met I that think, little prick. I think you could pull off Aaron, Bill. If you grow your oh, yeah. A more. Uh, yeah, yeah. Aaron's cool. Yeah, I could do I, Aaron. He's like the best character around, in my opinion. Um, as far as, you know, in every episode, I think he's great. And he really took that Rick responsibility that we've missed. For know? a second, for a second, I thought Sean, and I'm going to put out a big secret here. It's something, you know, something I really hate. Uh, I thought Sean was following me into the trigger of like, who would I have to go to a Comic-Con as? And I've been plagued since Game of Thrones that I look like uh, Ramsey Bolton. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is my doppelganger. I've I mean, you thought... act like him. You definitely okay. do. Okay. You definitely look like him. Wow. So, um, you know, I, I'm just putting it out there. It's self-deprecating. The guy's a total asshole, obviously. Uh, no comment from the peanut gallery here. What and... is he? Well, how well, else is he in? He I was in what's called? He, he was in Inhumans. Uh, yeah, Inhumans. How pissed are you? Oh, that he's show the didn't brother. Take Not really. <laughs> that sucked. No, that I'm saying if it did take off, it would have for taken him strain off of him being oh. Ramsey. He could have been that guy. You know it would have, I mean? but then again, he's also then he would have also just been kind of playing. He's still kind of playing that Game of Thronesy kind of bad villain, kind of whatever. You know, in all honesty, guys, you know that was around the time with that Inhumans thing. That really should have became a movie. Yeah, really, it was a movie. Supposed it was announced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, R.I.P. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, all right, a couple things here, and then I know you guys want to add a couple things in as well. Uh, I think we're over an hour right now, so let's uh, get these things in. Uh, save Daredevil. How realistic is this <laughs> to happen? So, Charlie Cox obviously wants to come back, but surprisingly, like uh, Bill announced earlier with Shatner, ever since the uh, ever since the election has been over with, Vincent D'Onofrio has more free time on Did his Did you hand. say Shatner? I think you meant Hamill's. Ham. Yeah, who, Mark who Hamill. You, oh, Hamlet, sorry. I'm thinking, I was Hamill, looking at yeah. Shatner's. I was looking at Shatner's Don't Twitter before Shatner. we started. I was looking at his Twitter before we started recording. Sorry. Okay. So, yeah, he was very into the politics Uh-oh. scene as well. But Vincent D'Onofrio, he is campaigning to bring the show back. He wants to play... Uh, I'm sorry. Kingpin. Kingpin. God, sorry. He wants to play Kingpin Wilson again. Fisk. 
He wants to play Wilson Fisk again, and he wants Charlie Cox to come back as Daredevil. How realistic is this that it'll actually happen? Because we know that series they made doesn't matter. They, they, it's not kind. Of, it's not canon anymore. So they kind of have to make it canon again, and I don't. It's, it's it'd be tough. It, it'd be a tough. Rope that to would walk. be. They'd, the have, they'd have to pay Netflix. They definitely have to pay Netflix off. So no, I mean, they don't. No for, for, no, for no for the old shows that are no longer canon that are only on Netflix. If they want that to be canon, they'd have to pay Netflix. Because now that's a Netflix property, since it's not canon with the MCU anymore. I know, um, but we're but so we be are, a tough remember, tight rope to walk. Remember though, we are stepping into the to the multiverse and the multiverse of madness. So you know, sure. yeah, you can I mean, I wouldn't be yeah. mad if they just if they if they are essentially the same characters, but they're from like a little bit of a different universe that's like a little bit tweaked. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I wouldn't care. I think that'd be the biggest. F you that Disney and Kevin Feige could do to Netflix. Yeah, you know definitely. Know I mean? Definitely. I mean, they could. They definitely could do it. It's not like they signed like a non-compete. Like they can do it. And Vincent D'Onofrio wants it to happen. And personally, I think you can't get much better than him as Kingpin. I think. And neither one of them have, has aged out of it. Yeah. No, definitely not. Yeah. You know. So I, I'm for it. I just don't see it being an easy thing to happen. Well, what about you guys? Uh. You know, I don't think they're going to bring that series back in that manifestation. I think Sean brings up the most logical point. The multiverse opens things up. I, you know, I'm interested to see how they're going to approach that with a lot of series. Are they just going to cherry pick certain characters and kind of combine them into Earth? I know I think eventually we'll head to a battle world, secret wars kind of situation. But just say after Multiverse of Madness, is there a possibility we cherry pick some characters? Maybe only Kingpin and Charlie Cox are brought over or you know listen i love charlie cox and i loved vincent d'onofrio as kingpin i would love nothing more than to find a way to have them back i wasn't a fan of the overall defender series uh iron fist i liked season one of jessica jones me too i thought that second one thought the first um what was the villain's name i'm just uh, purple man oh the purple man Purple David Tennant. Yeah. David David Tennant as Purple Man was one of my favorite Marvel. One of the villains. best MCU villains. Yeah. I no, uh, definitely. Um, oh yeah, without a doubt. I mean, David yeah. Tennant gives a phenomenal performance in whatever he does. You know what I mean? I mean, he of course being the tenth Doctor, which essentially is he's essentially my Doctor. Um, he's fantastic. He's awesome. He's also Barty yeah. Crouch. So. Yeah. <laughs> I. Uh, uh, a lot of times it has to do with who's playing him. You know what I mean? And, and in that case, he was perfectly cast, like a lot of Marvel roles are. But season two of Jessica Jones just really jumped the shark. It was so bad. Uh, it was a pain to get through. I actually, I had it to was. review it. I had to review it within a week. So I had to finish it within four days. And guys, it was fucking painful. And I think that's why Bill quit the show, the first Bill. I think that's <laughs> why he quit the show, because he had to watch Jessica Jones. No, I'm kidding. But it, it was really bad. Um, but yeah, I think, I think the only way to do this bill is to cherry pick. You'd have to, you're not going to get everybody back. So yeah, get Charlie Cox, get Vincent D'Onofrio and maybe that's it. Cause not many people like Electra, not many people like to play the Electra. Um, so they'd have to change some things. And the, I guess the only way to do that is the multiverse. So I know we're going to talk about Spider-Man three in a second. I, one of you guys has that written down. Yeah. I have that, um, yeah. Okay, so why don't you just go with that now since we're on well, Wait, 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 wait. I just have yeah, a really quick question before we kind of jump into that. Now, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously all three of us wants Charlie Cox back, but, like, would either – would any of you guys be mad if they brought Affleck back as Daredevil? Uh, yeah. I, uh, yeah. I wouldn't be yeah. mad, but I just think he's going to dive back into Batman. 
You know, I think yeah, he's the he HBO is. Max Batman. Yeah. So yeah, he is. He signed on again for Justice League. They made up. He's no longer depressed. He's having a kid. He's doing good. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's pointless to do that. The only, the only way, the only way I like that show is if it's a multiverse type of thing, and he has a five minute scene, and that's mm-hmm. it. And I yeah. think that's fine. And I think that's that's you're gonna see that in Spider-Man Three. You're gonna see some people. You know, we're getting rumors of all these people coming back, mm-hmm. and, and some of them you're gonna see for uh, you know thirty seconds. And it's just going to be fan service. But as we Tom see, Tom Cruise is Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, well, that was supposed Dave to be the original Dave casting. Filoni yeah. has proved that fan service sometimes is necessary. Uh, and, yeah. And uh, Mandalorian has been getting so many people excited because of that. Because sometimes it's like, yo, just give us what we want. You it's the I mean? Fandalorian, guys. I mean, yeah, let's it be definitely real. is. Yeah, it is. is. Listen, but, um, and I'm not mad at it at all. Listen, keep on doing it. And guys, check out uh, our uh, check out my YouTube video, Jones Corner, where we do uh, reviews of uh, every single solitary Mandalorian episode. We're gonna have a, a video dropping, uh, probably today. I guess in a few today. Yeah, I, I guess know. today Tomorrow, rather. Maybe. Yeah, but yeah, guys, seriously, check it out. Phil, what did you have? Uh, so talk. Speaking of, and this kind of goes right down the line. Speaking of cherry picking, now we're all aware that Jamie Fox is going to reply reprise his role as Electro from the Amazing Spider-Man universe. There is now in the rumor mill that Alfred Molina, famous for his portrayal of Spider-Man Two and Sam Sam Raimi's Spider-Man Two as Doctor Octavius Otto Octavius. I was so, say Otto. Octavia, I catch myself, you know. I'm excited about this guy. So Doc Ock may be back in Spider-Man 3. I am all aboard. I don't think that you need to recast the Doc Ock right now. He's still perfectly age appropriate. Why broke what's fi- isn't broken? You know, fix what's not already broken. It's just I, you know, it's really this movie is going to be either a complete clusterfuck or is just going to be fan service every scene and i'm starting to lean towards you know, the latter because they haven't let us down so far so i just kind of wanted to get your guys's reaction and who else if they were to cherry pick any other spider-man characters to say introduce into the mcu now and they would be the character going forward who would you want oh that's a great question that um, i have now, i have, have one right off the bat actually uh, you go first then well let, let oh. me ask this question first actually does it have to be the same actor that played him no, yeah, I would want like literally like you're you're taking Alfred Molina, you're taking Jamie Fox, you know what I mean? Like you have okay, to got take. You. Yeah, John, go ahead. Um, I'm gonna go. I, I I'm gonna go go along with the whole Alfred Molina thing, and this is what I'm visioning, people. All right, and just hear me out. Um, if any of you got, if any of you guys have read the Superior Spider-Man run, I have. You not. know, Auto well, Auto Octavius essentially tricks peter parker right auto octavius is essentially dying his body is giving out and he uh he comes to spider-man for one one kind of last you know kind of showdown somewhat and turns the tables on him and switch and and doesn't switch bodies but transfers his consciousness over to peter parker he becomes spider-man and not only not only that he becomes spider-man folks all right first he's like okay i'm still gonna be a bad guy and he kind of be and he kind of is a little bit of a bad guy a little bit and then he realizes because again he is even though he did transfer his consciousness into peter parker peter parker's values and peter parker's you know heroism still is kind of with you know innate 
it was still innated in his body. And Otto Octavius goes, listen, I can become a better Spider-Man. I can become a better Peter Parker. I can become a more superior Peter Parker. I can become a more superior Spider-Man. And boom, he becomes a better superior Spider-Man, takes down a bunch of his villains with ease, even makes even <laughs> even uh, makes Peter Parker basically a billionaire overnight because of his ingenious and creates Parker Industries and everything like that. And essentially Peter Parker, Peter Parker's consciousness is just kind of pushed down. And he's and th that run went on for a few different uh, a, a couple different uh, arcs and like and issues. So that's yeah. what I would love to see. What wouldn't it be awesome to see on the screen a badass Spider-Man, like a kind of dark side, somewhat Spider-Man. That's not really bad. That's not really good either. It's kind of like sure. an anti-hero. I think that'd be yeah. awesome. I mean, you know? I, I, pretty much we're all convinced at this point. Tell me if I'm wrong. That Spider-Man three is going to be some sort of live action into the Spider-Verse. Very much sort. so. It's going to yeah, be agreed. like a, a Spider Into the Spider-Verse meets Spider Get Getting, which they've okay. done in the comic. Like books, even you know I mean? even if it's just small, like uh, I, I don't know if you'd consider this small or not, but Thor uh, three, I would consider that as close as we're going to get to Planet Hulk, right? Very much, like, yeah. So even if it's like that. Where it's in it, but it's not really the main point of the story, but it kind of is. Uh, but I think for sure we're going to see some sort of Into the Spider-Verse because of all these rumors. You know, where there's smoke, there's fire. So now you're asking me, which character would I bring mm -hmm. back from the original, or can it be the Amazing, amazing Spider-Man yep. series? Any Spider-Man okay. live action. Now, funny enough, uh, Amazing Spider-Man movies I do not like. I've said plenty of times on the show, uh, you know, Spider-Man's been my favorite comic since I was five years old. Um, but... I did not like the Amazing Spider-Man run. I thought Andrew Garfield was way too cool as Peter, as Peter Parker, way too confident, way too flashy. Uh, he didn't remind me of what Peter Parker was supposed to be like. And some people were like, oh, sometimes I got to switch things up. No, he was not good for me. He was okay as Spider-Man, in my opinion. But those two movies were just okay. The first one was okay. The second one was less than okay, especially ending the movie the way they ended the trailer. But... Paul Giamatti as the rhino. Like, come no. on, guys. Yeah, uh, but that is where I'd bring someone in from. And I would bring in Emma Stone as Gwen, Gwen Stacy. I thought she was a great Gwen Stacy. Uh, and if, if you're telling me that it's a secret, and then all of a sudden I see her flip and land on a branch and she's Spider-Gwen, and she's got that haircut, I'll lose my shit. Emma Stone's a great actor. I mean, she is an Oscar-winning actress, isn't she? Yeah, she won an Oscar. Mm -hmm. Um She's fantastic, and I don't think you can get better than her for Gwen Stacy. I remember the scene where uh, Spider-Man webs her up right before she dies, right before her death scene, and she screams Peter and then covers her mouth. I mean, she, like the little things she brought to the role were good. Uh, now, what she was working with in the, in the entire two movies as a whole, not so good. But her, she was a bright, bright spot, and I would bring her. Um, That's so yeah, a good that answer, man. That's a great answer. Yeah. Uh, and it's funny because I really like the original Spider-Man trilogy, but I can't think of anyone outside of Molina uh, to bring over. So, yeah, I'll, I'll go with her as uh, Gwen Stacy, and hopefully we see uh, Spider-Gwen. But, um, okay, that's it for my stuff, Bill's stuff. Uh, Chone, you got anything? Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, Ray Fisher is uh, back at it again. Ray Fisher believes that uh, Joss Whedon's exit of the – Yes, um, I saw this. HBO The Nevers is related to the investigation that is being conducted over by Warner Brothers from the set of Justice League. 
yeah. um, Ray Fisher's allegations. Uh, you know, um, uh, Ray Fisher essentially thinks that Josh Whedon's departure of that series is is directly involved with that. What do you guys kind of think? Basically, he tweeted, "Fuck that! I'm not letting him exit from anywhere. He was fired." And, like, they're trying to do it like he's not fired and they're looking into it. But he's trying to be like he's not working because of me, because people believe me and accountability is greater than entertainment. And that whole push. Yeah, the whole push he's making is making a difference. And I think it is, obviously. Um, They're looking into it. You know, he apparently was an asshole on set. Um, Now, the fact that he's friends with Zack Snyder doesn't matter. You know, he took over Zack Snyder's movie. And apparently turned it into a fucking hell set and treated people really bad. And he's going to pay for it. So I, I, I think it's just as simple as that. I mean, he's he's calling him out. He's like, fuck you. I'm not letting you get away with this, bro. And that's basically what's happening. Until they sign some papers with this, whatever happens with this lawsuit, we're going to keep hearing Ray Fisher chirp. He's going to keep chirping, man. Yeah. And, Cause- and you know, whatever. And and you know I I have to agree because you know this this just smells and reeks of a cover up, you mm-hmm. know what I mean of a Hollywood cover up of just you know poor behavior and you know these guys walking around like they're the big mahaf like they are the best thing since sliced bread you know what I mean, um, and I you know. I could definitely see Joss Whedon being being like that. You know what I mean? I could definitely I can definitely see Jeff Johns, of course, being like that. You know, the one person I really can't actually see being like that, funny enough, is Zack Snyder. And you know, it's it's funny because it's the it's yeah. the guys that are really talented and really, you know, uh, tremendous directors and actors and artists that, you know. The better you are, the nicer you are. You know what I mean? Zack Snyder doesn't have to be like that because he's actually really, really good. You know what I mean? But we have these guys like Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon's fantastic. I like, I loved a lot of the things that he done. He, he's he, well, he's done. But also, play, too, there's been a couple flops as well. Sure, and, sure. But yeah. to play devil's advocate, right? DCEU wasn't shit at the time Justice League came out, and they were hoping it would make it shit, but it hasn't. Uh, movies like Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and Shazam. Uh, and then Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey were the first movies to go, oh, maybe this isn't so bad. But Justice League, they were hoping would be the movie to turn it around. Uh, sadly, Zack Snyder's daughter took her own life, so he left the film. Uh, in comes his buddy, Joss Whedon, who directed Avengers 1 and Avengers 2. So I'm sure he's coming in with a little bit of an ego. Like, okay, I made multi-billion dollar movies on the other side. Let me come over to DC and save your ass. And he came in, and his opinions are probably a little too matter of fact and it sounds like he didn't give a shit when anybody thought like this is what we're doing fuck you if you don't like that and i I guess he thought he earned that with his uh turn as avengers director but now on the flip side of that as well have you guys ever heard the story where he actually went into uh he went into uh warner brothers and pitched like a batman noir kind of a show right that it was like a pure detective uh, not show, rather a movie to Warner Brothers, and they just essentially laughed at him, and he just kind of walked out with his uh, with his and head. Uh, funny with his enough, head that's, down. What, that's and, what the Batman looks like now. And uh, yeah, <laughs> and it it's ironic, like. and it's ironic that they told him no, right? Yeah. And was like, hey, yeah, bye, have fun. And then Matt once Reeves he was actually, in. yeah, <laughs> but, but listen, but wait, listen, let me finish, guys. As as Joss Whedon was walking out of that studio, right, with his head with his head down, he gets a text message or a call or something like that. And guess what, people? Firefly has just been canceled. Mm. 
So when it rains, it pours. So, you know, yeah. think about that a little bit when we're thinking about Joss Whedon probably on set. You know, I mean, that also has to have a little bit of a chip on his shoulder or something that kind of, you know. Yeah. yeah. From the main, from what Ray Fisher makes, yeah, from what Ray Fisher makes it sound like, he thought he was the shit. He thought he was the saving grace of DC. And he came in and he treated people horribly. And you can't treat people horribly, especially in today's day and age. Um, now, I've never heard any racist things. I don't think I don't think he's claiming he was racist at all, but he's claiming he was a complete piece of shit and very hard to work for. And it's not just him. You know, Jason Momomoa jumped in, Gal Gadot jumped in, and when you get these people, and Ben Affleck jumped in, and when these people are jumping in and DC's trying to still make movies with these characters, you got to defend them. You know what I mean? Uh, I to. think... I think a big part of this too, guys, and just even for the story itself, what's probably infuriating for Ray Fisher, probably for other people that didn't even vocalize it on this specific story, but there's got to be something infuriating about the studio wanting let let, let him have a, a graceful exit, you know, saying that he left the series as opposed to saying he's fired. But they weren't worried about the mistreatment. They weren't worried about the claims when they were first coming out. They were trying to muffle them. They were trying to counteract them. But they're still worried about letting this guy, who for all intents and purposes seemed like he was a nightmare, mm-hmm. like literally they're still worried about him having a graceful exit so he doesn't have to look bad that he got fired. Guess what? People exactly. get fired all the time, and especially yeah. for cause. And you know what, man? Just have some backbone. And, you know, they're, they're, Waters is being very, you know, sus about who they decide to throw shade at and not you know uh mad mickelson replaces johnny depp you're not hearing anything about amber heard you're not hearing anything about ezra miller you know you're not here so they're letting they're more, more worried about letting joss whedon have a, a graceful exit like that's got to be if you're any well even though there has been some steps and some changes i think a lot of them are still having their hands thrown up going like do these people just can they just fully commit to just doing the right thing and not try to pick and choose you know well, that's hollywood yeah. hollywood yeah. picks you know that's hollywood they pick and choose yeah. well, you know what i mean they pick and choose who to cancel they pick and choose who to praise i mean this is nothing that's people. that's the whole point of a over e he's trying to change that and you got to commend him for it you know he's taking a stand you know ray fisher doesn't have this huge career that he can fall back on he took a huge chance here and it looks like it's paying off and you know people like john boyega and him both uh, we're campaigning together and there was supposed to be this huge podcast with the two of them talking about their issues. But, uh, you know, John Diego is more so pissed off that Finn's storyline really took a nosedive after episode seven. Um, that's different than being treated poorly, but uh, still an issue all the same. You know, he, he was led to believe. I think it's very similar this, though, Dan. Yeah. He's led to believe he's going to be this huge character in a star Wars series. And he goes on to be a character that really doesn't have much effect. And this is basically a cheerleader. And, I, even, I, and even yeah. in overseas uh, promotions as well, he's taken yeah, he was taking some off some of the promotional material yeah. as well, you know, especially in Asian countries and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I mean. So, I mean, I get it. Uh, there's plenty of issues going on, but I think it's getting better. And I think uh, a, stuff like A over E is going to become more and more uh, relative. And there's going to be, like, you can't be an asshole. And you can't treat people like you're a fucking Nazi. You can't. And... Uh, Hopefully we've seen the end of those days, but uh, all right, that's a great show, guys. Um, yeah, going on an hour and a half after I edit it, we'll see. But uh, yeah, good stuff, guys. Um, make sure you follow our YouTube page. There's YouTube only stuff on there. Uh, three new videos were added just this week, uh, and you're not gonna get that anywhere except YouTube. So make sure if you want to see it, 
you go there, Chone, you guys just uploaded what a 20 minute Chone's corner, 25 minute Chone's corner. Yeah, I think it was around like 25 minutes, something like that. Yeah, so guys, yeah. please check that out as well. Also, to look out for another Chones Corner. It should be dropping either today or tomorrow. That's um, Mandalorian-based. Yep, the Mandal- yeah. our, our Mandalorian review, episode five, The Jedi. That should be dropping in a uh, either a day or two. You'll hear and this also- by Monday, so it should be relatively Definitely. soon after they hear this. So, after, so, yep, once you guys are hearing this, just go straight to YouTube. Make sure you're hitting and uh, liking and everything like that. And, you know, also, too... Also, look, also uh, keep an eye out for the merch for our merch drop coming up soon in what a couple of weeks, December 10th to January 10th. Yes, one month. Uh, and we'll see how it goes. Maybe we'll extend it. We have a lot of people telling me they want the stuff. Only a couple of people have actually pre ordered the stuff. So, again, if you want to find out about that, uh, scenevaders at gmail.com, just email me. I'll send you the prices, I'll send you the images. Uh, we uh, almost everything is completely finished. So we'll have like Chone modeling them for you by next weekend. Um, and uh, it's the bill if you'd like to. Uh, but that's completely up to you guys. And again, whatever you buy, we really appreciate it. We're not making any money here. We just want to get some items out there. And uh, it's all thanks to our sponsor and these two gentlemen jumping on the show and, and uh, helping me, uh, reviving me from being almost dead. Okay. And the fans as well, because guys, we wouldn't be doing this without the fans, without yeah, the listenership, yeah. without the views, without it's anything. So, guys, we have please, a great community. Thank you guys a so much. Great community, and Seriously. it's only going to get better. Only uh, growing, guys. Really appreciate everything so far this week too. All right, guys. See you next week. See you guys. Chone out. Ready to travel in style or check off a vacation bucket list? Cruise Planners will help you plan the perfect luxury experience. Explore exotic destinations like Asia and the South Pacific to Europe, Alaska, and tropical beaches around the world. Your Cruise Planners travel advisor will customize a vacation just for you with special offers and upgrades for that extra wow. Contact Steve Del Carlino from Cruise Planners by calling 610-368-0908 or at dellstravelcompany.com for the best vacations at the best value. Oh, thank you.